Welcome to episode 201 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and my co-host, Warren Sklar, is here. How are you doing, Warren? I am doing well. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Good to meet... Uh, God, I have to have a name. I forgot. Michael, um, it's good to meet you. Uh, I understand... Uh, Michael, yeah, I, sir. Yeah, yeah, I understand uh, you were on the Jeff show last time. Uh, you were hearing it, which yes. Meant, uh, yes. And, and, yes. um, it, it's a shame I missed it because it sounded like, uh, it sounded like a hot, a hot, uh, interview going on. So I have to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Go back and listen. You missed but, out. As, as, as he's saying, uh, yes, welcome back to the show, Michael DJ Eisenberg, uh, the tech savvy lawyer. Welcome mm-hmm. back, Michael. How are you? Thank you. I am doing fantastic. I appreciate being back on, seeing Jeff again, uh, and you again, of course, and then meeting Warren for the first time on CAM. But, you know, it's a beautiful day here in the D.C. area, and I cannot complain about anything. Great. And yes, you mentioned Jeff. Jeff Gamut, as always, is here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. and, uh, and, And I love that we have such a cool group of people. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show here this week. Our parents think we're cool. My mom thinks we're that's right. We take yeah. it as we can get it, Warren. Okay. Yes, we can. So uh, we, we got uh, some good some good topics here. Uh, the as we record this, Apple announced their quarterly earnings, and the, well, what a surprise! They were great. Uh, and uh, beta got released here. We're going to talk about a, a legal topic this uh, this week since uh, Michael is here, uh, and uh, the repair. The tools are out. We're going to have some fun with that. And then maybe a few tips, depending on where the time goes here. But uh, let's uh, just uh, jump right into the news for this week. Um, first story here is uh, the EU is moving one step closer to mandating Apple to switch iPhone, uh, iPad, and Apple AirPods to USB-C. Uh, members of the European Parliament this week have voted overwhelmingly in support of the legislation that will compel Apple to offer USB-C ports on all iPhones and well, iPads have most of them are, and then AirPods in Europe. Proposals known as a directive will force all consumer electronics manufacturers who sell devices in Europe to ensure that all all the phones, tablets, laptops, digital cameras, all electronics are, are using um, USB-C port to keep it universal. Uh, so it's this is going to be an interesting thing to see where it goes. I mean, obviously in Europe, it's not affecting us who are all here in the United States, but uh, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, Michael, what do you think? I think this is something that I think it's overdue with the iPhone. Honestly, we've been talking about this quite a bit on the show here about the, the lightning ports. It's, it's it's getting a little little old. Well, one thing I I, I ended up watching an old uh, review of what was anticipated from the iPhone uh, the iPhone twelve, and part of it was being just completely uh, um, input cordless. And if you're going to end up powering it just you know with a pad. Uh, with the premium, I'm remembering the right term, but you know, without a, a wireless port that uh, to charge your phone, I'm kind of like, you know, is this rule going to be necessary in the long run? And then on top of that, I don't like how many how governments are telling a manufacturer how they have to create their device. Obviously, certain things like how electrical input output that kind of stuff, you know, as to what type of voltage and amperes is ne- as necessary. But to say you have to use this port versus that port, well, yeah. that's in part what distinguishes Apple from its competitors. So, you know, should all cars have four wheels? Yes. Should all, so all phones have a way to be able to charge it or to transfer data? Yes. But you don't tell 
the company, well, these are the types of tires you have to use. You have to use Goodyear versus Michelin because this is what we prefer. I think it needs to be a customer choice, not a government mandated order. Jeff, you have thoughts? Of course I do. I know you <laughs> it's, do. It's like you know me. Um, okay, so I'm glad you pointed out that this isn't an Apple-specific thing. Right. Apple is uh, is getting the spotlight because that makes for better news. Um, Michael, I'm with you. I don't like the idea of a government agency dictating uh, product design like this. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see happening if the, if this becomes a requirement is that ultimately device makers stop innovating with what they're doing right. with input and output because there's there's no value in it for them anymore because they can't do it and uh, and then ultimately that has uh, repercussions that that lawmakers don't anticipate because why would they this isn't the sort of thing that that they really get, uh, by and large. So uh, um, I see this as uh, as an unintentional, artificial um, stalling of of technology. Yeah. So so does that mean? I mean, I'm I'm with you, Jeff. And I gotta wonder, like, so fine. Apple and others are possibly moving toward just having a cordless way of charging their phones. But are you saying they can't do that because they have to have this type of port or this type of input? Well, you know, that's, uh, that's actually a good question. And yeah. I don't know if it dictates that a port must be on the device uh, or not. But, but it's still, even if whether it does or it doesn't, it still invites that, oh, yes, all phones, all cell phones must have uh, this type of port in order to charge it or, or to transfer the data. Or to ha- does that mean every uh, phone has to have a headphone jack? You know, does every phone has to have a certain refresh rate, a certain type mm-hmm. of color gamut? I mean, um, a certain a certain battery, uh, you know, um, certain battery uh, capacity, you know, just, you know, Apple's, you know, their phones and their iPads have lower capacity batteries, not because they lose out in the longevity of the charge, but because their operating system works more efficiently. So they don't need the higher, um, charge capacity as other iPhones do because, you know, Android and uh, the others just don't run as efficiently as the iOS. So you're kind of killing it for having being efficient. And you say, well, no, 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 you have to have this more uh, chargeable uh, battery, a longer life, if you will, because all the others do too. But that may not be part of the design, the overall design of what they're, of their, what they're trying to do. So it just, it doesn't make sense to tell industries, this is what how you have to design your cars. Obviously, things like you have to have a gas right. tank, but on the other hand, does it have to be to the specific design that the government wants, as long as it's you know safe and passes all the safety uh, protocols? It should be Apple's choice. So, I mean, that's really that's really what it is. So, but so, the, the, so real fast, but, but it, comes was, the, it comes to the it comes to the user. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be the market because, quite frankly, if Apple or anyone comes out right. with a design that, quite frankly, just is like this sucks, they're not going to buy it. 
Well, you, that, I'm sorry, you, you, that's my you point. have the final word, word. You have yeah. the final word, word. So my my point is, I you know sometimes go to secondhand stores or used you know to look at electronics, and in there you will find a pile of i uh, iPod docks with the thirty uh, six pin cl- uh, connector in there. Thirty yeah. pin. So there was a period of fits and and people screaming and crying when we moved away from that to lightning. Yeah. Because people buy things all over their house that work with that. That will happen again. And Apple, does, that is why we still have lightning. That's the only reason we still have lightning is because Apple knows that there will be a good amount of people and there's a population out there that have a bunch of accessories for, built for lightning. I don't think there's as much as there was back in the day, obviously, because of Bluetooth and right. you know, there's more Bluetooth uh, options out there uh, than there were back then. So anytime you wanted to hear music, um, you would pop something in, in a dock or, or something like that, but they still exist. Uh, and there's still things out there. Plus the influx of cables we have and, and uh, 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 charging docks and all that stuff that, you know, we, we, we bought, Along the way, I'll change. So, I mean, the EU's doing it to help people. Uh, and their reasoning, I think, probably is to do with just ease of use, less confusion, right? Because, you know, people, yeah. you know, I, I believe me, I've supported people and my mom included where, you know, <laughs> if, if if the she she got a, she got an iPad and um, she got a pro and she's like, calling me because she's trying to stick the lightning cable into it and it's not working. So people do, you know, yeah. it's confusing. Um, just one more. And I, I want to move on here. Cause yeah. With the, okay. The sure. If I, if I can ask, if I can ask the group, how many of you have fairly recently new cars? And, yeah. and, and so and the reason why I ask this is I, I have a new, I, I lease my car through my business and uh, the car comes with a wireless charging uh, uh, port for, uh, not port, but position okay. for my phone. Yeah. So a pad, thank you. And so I, I have a feeling that just inherently we're going to end up moving in that direction and like yeah. people are not going to want the wires anymore. No, but Does, there's, but there is, yeah. um, there, the problem is the port doesn't just do charging, and the port does the data, things. audio, all kinds of stuff. So, so. that that's that's the problem. You know, if they could figure out how to magnetically, you know, and I'm not saying they can't because I think that's in the works of them coming yeah. up with something that looks like the, the MagSafe wallet that basically yeah. has you right. know ports on it, you know, or something like that where you could connect whatever you need to connect to it, you know, because I, you know, yeah. that's what people want. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, next story. This is a quick one. This story, Apple did release a firmware update to the AirTag. Um, there, it uh, released a new firmware upgrade uh, that was uh, for the AirTag t- trackers, as we all know and love. Uh, build numbers now from 1A301 up from 1A291. And as always, we have no word and no idea what the heck they did to update it at this and point. And we're not spending and, 15 and, minutes on this one because we, we, no, we're, we're not. Done. That's why I'm just going quick with this, <laughs> but there's and, nothing. Yeah, to and, oh. Cause, cause there really like, isn't much to say. Uh, like, I mean, Jeff, go ahead. They, tell they, us. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I, 
I just wanted to say, ah, oh, because you oh. said we're not going to talk for 15 minutes. But I don't think no. there's, but it, there's nothing really. But all the privacy that. issues that we're, we could talk about on the air tags, we could certainly infer. Oh, we've covered yeah. that plenty of no, no, times. We're, no, <laughs> yeah. we're just talking about, the, well, I don't know, maybe the firmware uh, erases people's memory of, <laughs> of, no. of, of the problems of the air tag. Warren, I think you're right because I've uh, updated my uh, firmware three times, and each time it's a surprise to me. Right. And, yes, and I know we can't actually do that. And who are yeah. you? Uh, 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 oh no! Oh no! Is that firmware? All right. Damn firmware. Let's uh, go ahead. And, uh, next story here. This is uh, this is about the App Store downloads. Worldwide App Store downloads uh, reaches 8.6 billion in the Q- Q1 of 2022. Worldwide app store downloads grew 2.4% and hit that 8.6 billion mark in the first quarter of 2022, according to data shared today by Sensor Tower. Uh, between the app store and the Google Play Store, there were 36.9 billion total app downloads, which is only an increase of about 1.4%. Uh, as, uh, as there are far more Android users than there are iPhone users worldwide, uh, the, the, there were a much higher number of apps downloaded on the Android devices. Uh, you know, Google Play it downloads hit 28.3 billion during the quarter. So interesting to look here where they got some graphics here with the top apps here. What a surprise, TikTok and YouTube are number one and two. Uh, and it goes down the line here. Uh, but uh, obviously apps are going to just continue to evolve in uh, on the in iOS as well as Android. But uh, I can't see uh, I can't see it change anytime soon. What do you guys think? I think the list of apps is very interesting. It is. Yeah. I, when when you look at App Store Worldwide. Um, Subway Strikers? Surfers? Yeah. <laughs> it's number one. What is that? <laughs> it's. Yeah. I don't know. What is that? Um, but there's, yeah. And then there's the other. A lot of games. That shows. Uh, Subway Surfers. Communication stuff. Seriously? You don't know Subway Surfers? I don't. Is that a game? Yeah, yeah. So when were you like flick the guy up? Come on. Yeah, I bet the gamer. So I mean, it's not. A, you don't have to be a gamer. You have to be fifty-one years old, like the rest of us. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a game that was popular about ten years ago. We were younger. Go ahead. Yeah. So also interesting, right under Subway Surfers, that I didn't know about because I'm just lame. Sorry. Wordle. The Wordle. To me, that's actually a problem. Because there is no official Wordle app. There is no official, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's to me that's that's a problem with App Store's uh, uh, system yeah. because that should not even be there. Yep. So, just uh, interesting, in- interesting info there. Uh, let's uh, move on. To next story here. Uh, the uh, the Apple Podcasts added um, three new podcast Apple Podcast collections. They launched. It's uh, covering true crime, vital perspectives, and pop cult culture. Uh, they have now Apple has now thrown the covers of the uh, the three new podcast collections, uh, which is free genre pre- uh, specific playlists that are updated every week and com- cover some content and recommendations encompassing true crime culture and entertainment true crime is a very very hot topic for many people a lot a lot of great podcasts out there on just that alone um i'm glad to see apple doing this i mean i think this is this is just like they do with with news plus and 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 uh, with apple music for that matter they they have a lot of great staff that are great uh, curators of of this information and and apple obviously is in 
we'll full tilt with podcasts. You know, uh, what do you think, Michael? I use Overcast, so I don't use the Apple Podcast um, okay. uh, platform, and so I'm not. I'm just not looking at this. You know, I, you know, I am a true crime podcast fiend. I love listening to Dateline, which is an NBC show that's yeah. been on for thirty years. Ever. And yeah, something. Yeah, and they've been like, um, you, you know, yes, they replay the old ones. And quite frankly, I find that to be like mind candy for me just to kind of sit back and relax <laughs> and to listen to one of like uh, yeah. one of the hosts kind of meander through the story, even if I know what the ending's going to be. Um, but, you know, it's always good to to make things accessible and easy to find when you're interested in certain topics. So that, it, I mean, it's a good thing and, yeah. you know, but I just use overcast. So I'm just, I, I don't play with the Apple, uh, that's okay. Uh, platform. Well, so I just much. think it's, it's a great, it's a great way to aggregate and, you know, overcast mm-hmm. does its thing. And I use pocket gas. There's a lot of, a lot of good places there. Jeff, any thoughts on this? Yes. Uh, discoverability is an ongoing problem. And I like seeing Apple proactively doing something to try and address this because, I mean, that's clearly what this is about, discovering new shows. Exactly. And how about you, Warren? No, we we touched on it last time, uh, Tuesday, but um, I checked out, I did check out the collection after you mentioned it, um, that you brought it up last uh, Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I'm not, it's not for me, but uh, it's not a bad thing either, so. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next story here. New Apple Card promotion offers $75 daily cash bonus for new referrals. Apple's bringing back a lucrative Apple Card promotion for new users. The company's announcing today, as we, uh, this was a couple days ago, as we record this, uh, uh, who are uh, those who are, who are new users of Apple Card were referred by existing users can secure a $75 bonus after making their first purchase. It's in the bonus of uh, a daily cash. Uh, so, Looks like Apple's continuing to evolve this uh, Apple Card. I'm, I'm a happy Apple Card user, and I, I, I like I like all the convenience of it. I like uh, uh, Goldman Sachs has been uh, very good with customer service, um, so I think uh, I'm 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 happy to see that they continue to evolve with this. And you know, Apple will continue to, to be pushing all of this as, as one of their services. So, uh, what do you think, Jeff? Um, yeah. I think this is just part of Apple showing us that they're very serious about being in the financial space. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, my Apple card, I'm using it exclusively for all of my Apple related purchases. There you go. Um, 3%. Yeah. So, you know, 3% back on iCloud every month and everything, all all the subscriptions that I'm paying for through Apple. And yeah, it's not $75 daily cash bonus. But that's okay. It's, yeah, one time. You guys have any thoughts? Do you do you have an Apple Card, uh, Michael? You know, no, I don't. I applied for it like probably a year and a half ago. Um, they said I wasn't qualified. I I don't know why. why. <laughs> so I, weird. I, that's I, that you know, so you weird. know I you know I you know I do not have excellent credit, but I have very good credit. So I was a little bit surprised. Um, but you know, if either of you two want to quote unquote refer me and get the cashback bonus, uh, you know, please feel free. Um, not that of course <laughs> the referral in itself guarantees, you know, acceptance, but didn't, didn't the card, aren't they doing something now with visa? Didn't, didn't they switch the provider or they're merging with visa? 
No, it was they went I to MasterCard because their previous uh, that when they had the card before, which was through Barclays, mm-hmm. it was uh, a Visa. Then they when they moved to the Apple Card, it, it's now MasterCard. They, they went oh, to MasterCard. Okay. okay, I I thought I had seen that they were back to Visa or, or something. Something weird had happened. Somebody um, I think was switching. I not don't think it was the Apple Card. But. Now, mind you, I don't have an Apple Card, so I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Not a biggie. Uh, Warren, any thoughts before we move on? Well, I'm just uh, keeping mine shiny until uh, the new whatever comes out next. All right. <laughs> I'll it up. As I, as I expected. Yep. And then uh, uh, this last story here, the, this past week, jeez, uh, Apple has more problems reported from with Apple Music and the App Store services. Uh, a couple days ago, actually, early this week, uh, users, are, again, were finding outages with Apple services, although it was limited to intermittent issues with the App Store and with Apple Music. Uh, just over a month after Apple's iCloud services saw some downtime across the board, you know, users were finding more issues. Um, one regarding Apple Pay and Wallet was resolved within an hour on the, the 24th of April, uh, as we record this. Um, but everything looks good now. And ironically, I, I more reason that caught my my eye here, I was trying to set up my uh, Sonos Move to this for a party that we were having here. And uh, I go and say, hey, 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 uh, hey, lady, because it's, it's, it's got... It's got the uh, uh, Amazon Echo on it. Uh, played this music on, and then it automatically was linked to my Apple Music account. And it just would say, okay, here's a song on Apple Music. And then you hear silence. <laughs> it doesn't say any, play anything. I'm like, what is going on? You know, and me being a tech guy as I am, I'm going to say, okay, I got to start tearing things out, reinstalling. I gave up. And then I, I just moved on to the uh, uh, to the, uh, the HomePod Mini I had and moved that down there and downstairs and said, uh, which worked fine, which is weird. So, yeah, so obviously it's services were intermittent. So, uh, but uh, no surprise there. I don't know. Anybody have any thoughts about that? Yes. But, this is so frustrating. It's getting, I'm getting tired of it actually because it keeps happening. It happens all the time. And I've yeah. had so many problems with my HomePod that. You know, I, I don't know if it's my home pod or uh yeah. if it's like music is just down. And uh and it's gotten to the point where I'm not kidding, over the last week, instead of streaming music all the time, I'm just playing straight from my uh personal library and that's it. Okay. And uh and why can't I tell my home pod to play the music that's connected to or that's in my music library on my Mac. Yeah, it's it, it's frustrating. Yeah, frustrating. Or right, I'm complaining. It's okay. You're allowed to. Well, uh, my, you know, my, just, my, just, my, just, my my quick thought that you could go is, uh, why wasn't I invited to the party? Go ahead. Sorry, because <laughs> it wasn't my party. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. sure. It was the wife's my party. comment was was sort of on Jeff's. Uh, I, I have a HomePod as well, and it doesn't work as well as I'd like it to. Um, and I just, you know, of all the things I need to be doing around here, uh, that's just low on the list of, you know, I need to fix it. Yeah. All right. That was the news for this week. Let's move on to some more news, which is a topic for this week. And as we record today, Apple announced its quarter two 2022 uh, quarterly results. And Surprise, another record, 97 billion quarter. On Thursday, Apple announced its results uh, for that second quarter. 
Uh, it was uh, $97.3 billion in revenue with all-time quarterly records for both all of, of iPhone, Mac, and the wearables sales. Uh, so going down here, and, and we have a link in the show notes for a, a, a great resource, Six Colors and uh, Jason Snell. They, in fact, they, that's the first time I've seen them actually do a chart party on YouTube. I'll talk about it. I have to go walk back and go watch that. That's probably kind of fun. Uh, and... Uh, so they broke down the uh, the revenue by category, and no surprise, that iPhone is dominant at fifty two percent of the sales. Uh, and you have services moved up to now twenty percent, and it keeps growing. Um, iPads at eight percent, wearables at nine percent, Mac at eleven percent. Um, Mac did really well uh, at, at ten point four uh, billion, which is pretty pretty amazing. Uh, and uh, and uh, all like again, all the all the numbers except for iPad, which kind of dropped a little bit you know, from uh, quarter to quarter here. Uh, but uh, glad to see. see see the good numbers. Services are doing well. Um, Apple's making money, but you know, of course, the stock market's going to tank because you know, they're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any company is currently flush enough to be buying Twitter, <laughs> it would be it would be this one. Say perhaps others. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, numbers are fresh we you know, like i said it just got announced uh, today but i just wanted to make sure we talked about it today uh since it happened today uh but uh numbers look good i don't know what else we could say here the wearables look good 8.8 billion uh revenue change was 12 percent on the wearables so it was, a, it was a drop a little bit from the the first quarter but that's okay but uh profit 25 billion can't complain about that at all. Right now, Apple's only enemy is it's, it's is itself because it makes good right. quality, long lasting products that people at some point are going to start contracting and saying, "Ah, oh, I can wait." Yeah, no, I agree. So, um, but yeah, that's what we touched on. That is, uh, you guys have anything else that you wanted to add about the the results from today? Um, Q two is always less than Q one, so the people that are freaking out and saying numbers are down, exactly. Q1 is the holiday buying quarter for Apple. So, yeah. And uh, Michael, your comment is awesome about people <laughs> waiting. Um, and I think that's actually baked into what Apple does with their projections because, uh, because Apple knows how long people hold on to devices and they know mm-hmm. what the cycles are. So, mm-hmm. while people are holding on to devices for, let's just say, five years, I, I, I'm right. totally pulling that number out of my butt. Apple knows that, and they uh, and and so they know when those people are going to be upgrading, and uh, and, mm-hmm. and they account for that. Yeah, I was so, talking to an attorney today who's got a 2017 machine that I think she's looking to upgrade, and a 2019 machine she's looking to upgrade. Speaking of that five-year cycle, I, on the other hand, try to upgrade every three years, just just because I like con- them. That's pretty consistent of most most companies, even with the, with PCs. Mm-hmm. You know, me working in the enterprise, you know, three and four years is pretty standard as for upgrades for companies. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. A three year cycle makes sense. Yeah. Well, hold on. I mean, nonsense. I have a. Oh well, wait, I have a little bias here because I rarely find that the Windows machines that I use last three years. Well, enterprise so. does hold them three years, so. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah, uh, true. I, iPhones, yeah, I mean, iPhones and iPads, you, you know, I could say on average probably, I could see three, four 
five years sometimes, depending on the person. Us, every year, at least me and Warren anyway. I don't, I think you, I don't know if you upgrade every year, Michael, but um, uh, three years. The iPhones, I'm, I, 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 I do oh, iPhones iPhone. every year. Yeah, I yeah I, I'm on their um, uh, the training their leasing program. program. Yeah. Uh, love I give, it. Um, I give it. It's about five years. Like computers could last, whether it's a Mac or a Windows computer at this point, yeah. is about a five. It, so what I I've always told people who come to me to fix their computers, if it's five years or older, don't invest money into it. If it's five years right. or newer, maybe uh, it might be. So I mean, it seems to be my gauge is about. Not for me, of course, because that's gross. You buy I, every, you buy something every because I wouldn't minute. Own, I, think. I wouldn't own anything more than two years old. That's yeah, well, once the new stuff. smell device is gone, throw it away. <laughs> Get right. a new one. Yes, it's all yes. <laughs> you know, come on, we know Warren's buying things every day. <laughs> God, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Beta this week, iOS 15.5 beta 3 just dropped uh, about two days ago, I believe. A few changes here and there, nothing uh, too crazy. And on one, you're, of course, you being our beta person who lives on the edge and, and upgrades every single one of your devices in the production that you do. Have you seen any changes? Um, no, I fixed a couple things. Uh, uh, the one before it broke, so that's good. What was, what was the problem? Um, the last beta before this. Um, did something with shortcuts where every time you ran a shortcut, no matter what you set, it would still prompt you say, uh, tap here to run the shortcut, even though it's, you know, Ooh, yeah. that's kind of a, oh, bug. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. When, when I was triggering shortcuts from my iPad, that's on beta yeah. and I had it, to it did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought I had that turned off. Yeah. But, now, yeah. That's a pain in the ass. Cause like when I'm driving, you know, back, um, the shortcuts are my garage door opener. So, you know, it's enough work. It's, it's hard enough work just to get my phone out to open up my garage door. Then I'm, you know, like putting the phone down and it's like my waiting, my garage door is not opening. Why isn't my, why? Why isn't my garage door opening? Oh, well, I look at my phone and says, no, I, oh, well, now I got to push. Okay. So I fixed that. Um, but other than that, nothing, nothing crazy. The watch is still nothing. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. TVOS, nothing. No. iPads, about the, about the, I don't, I, uh, sometimes I see, anything, uh, sometimes I could see so in the beta cycles between the watch and a phone, it's always, at, um, it's either the iPhone unlocks the phone. Uh, I'm sorry, the iPhone unlocks the watch, you know, like you put on your watch and then you unlock your phone and then your watch mm-hmm. unlocks. So between these beta cycles, sometimes uh, sometimes it works so fast that you don't even see the message up on top that says unlock your watch. And just sometimes it doesn't work at all. So, um, you know, if it's somewhere in the middle, it's a good day because then, you know, yeah. I'm not sure what to do at that point. And like, so I, I could unlock it, you know, on the watch itself. But in my mind, I know these guys aren't talking to each other. I'm going to do that yeah. and something's wrong. So I just reboot the watch. And, but yeah, no, it's all good. Okay. Jeff, um, Michael, like Michael you don't, you don't dabble anything beta, right? I'm assuming. I never dabble anything beta because of the law firm. And, you know, the last thing right. I need to do is have problems because the beta didn't work quite right. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think the judge is really going to care that no. I, or actually, well, let me rephrase it. They're going to care. They're not going to be happy that, you know, I'm playing with the beta, but. Good. Good move. 
Um, one thing I, I did I did find uh, that 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 uh, nine to five Mac was this link in the show notes uh, that uh, the beta is blocking uh, sensitive locations for memories in the Photos app. Um, this was in the third uh, the third beta as we're talking about. If you're not familiar, Memories is a feature of the Photos app that allows iOS and Mac OS to recognize people, places, and events in your photo library and automatically create a curated collection of memories, like a slideshow. What's a sense of location? like when you go on a trip and it's really bad and you just don't want to remember it, but you yeah. still love the photos. You know I thought it was going to be like a like a location of my body, like it's uh, the the. <laughs> No longer they can like have pictures of my thigh because that's the sense of location of my body. I guess a location. Well, in this case, the sense of location and, and interestingly, they found banning versions of uh, anything related to the Holocaust, which was kind of strange. Uh, but if you're places. taking a picture, if you're you taking a still picture, take picture of it, yeah, I know. But if you're taking a picture, I mean. Well, like things like the Anne Frank Anne Frank House or, or the, the U.S. Holocaust Museum or any of those any anything related to that, that the the sensitive uh, locations. I mean, obviously it's beta. They're probably going to put more and more places that are related to being sensitive. I would I would guess to say for the memories. But it's kind of strange. I don't think a lot of us are going to go on vacation to go to a place that's a sensitive location. Well, I mean, I mean a lot of people don't take pictures of things that. Uh, you know that they don't want to see again ever because that's not why you take a picture right. of it exactly. I mean, so why would I? I mean, there's it's very strange. <laughs> there, well, I I have a guy, a, a friend on Facebook that you know posted yesterday, and I didn't do this, but he did it. But he had to put his dog to sleep, and he you know posted like the pictures of him like next to the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I could I didn't do that uh, when we did ours, but I mean, right, right, right. I guess. That you know, if we knew that, like, so you know, maybe you don't want to see the memory of like you know that, but again, I don't know if you'll know, know, know that, yeah. yeah, but you're taking these pictures for a reason. I, I mean, right? I'm I mean, not taking, I should, if I'm taking pictures of the Anne Frank house, I, you know, yeah, I want to see it, I want to see the memories. You know, this is you know, last year you were the in trip the trip I Anne was Frank, on, the, yeah. yeah, at the Anne Frank house. Did you have thoughts, Michael? I, you you wanted to yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed by this because this seems to be some sort yeah. of um, censorship that I just don't like. And, and mind you, yeah. on a very extreme flip side, I could see like if the memories issue was, you know, on something public that other people could see, and like hate crime, hate crime groups, or neo Nazis, or, or you know. Whoever wanted to somehow use that, but this is correct me if I'm wrong. This is on your own photos library. So right. mm-hmm. if I if if my family and I go to say the Holocaust Museum and we're taking pictures, it's because we want to learn and remember. And quite frankly, if you ask in this situation, I think if you ask any Jew to talk about any of these sites, it's always about remember the atrocity, learn from the atrocity so it does right. not repeat itself. And if you can't curate that kind of information just for yourself, it seems awfully weird. You know, yeah, does again, that mean if if I go to the White House because it's a sensitive area, it's not going to curate my trip yeah. to the White House? Again, this is beta. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Apple is trying to experiment with something related to sensitive locations. We just don't know yet. And and again, Apple never officially announced or, or as just just as a disclaimer, you know, when we look at these articles, you know, 
all these right. these sites are, are looking for at things that they happen to find in code. There's this is a, a side code. note with this. So is the the Photos app is pretty. The AI is pretty good. It's, if you start yeah. searching things in the photo app, some mm-hmm. things like you know, you're pretty. It's pretty pretty sharp. Like if you search dogs, it will pick up. I mean, it obviously knows dogs and faces and humans and stuff like that. But if you type in like red, it will pull up like a lot of red pictures, things like that. It's it's kind of neat, actually. But you yeah. know, let's take it to the next step. What about when Facebook and Twitter starts banning? Look, uh, certain location pictures because this was taken at the Anne Frank House. Um, this was taken at the White House. Um, if it starts automatically doing this, because quite frankly, going back to the whole memory bit, I was referring to, you know, my trip to the you know the Holocaust Museum with my family on Facebook. I want people to know and remember we were there. We were there for a reason. And if this is going to be started to be automatically banned and there's going to be censorship, that that's a huge problem in my mind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. again, Let's, this is not censorship. Just to just point, you're you're, it's not censoring anything. It's just the mem- the memories when it first came out was kind of a weird thing too. When right. I first saw, when I first yeah. saw my first memory thing, I'm like, this is a little spooky, and I'm a little weirded yeah. out. By it. Anyway, but see, see I understand it, what so. it is and what it does, and also, I'm not just referring to the photos. I'm also referring to other. Um, programs using it in such a way as to become censorship. Right. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. This this is the topic for the show this week. Uh, Michael, with your legal expertise, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. This uh, interesting, the fact of being able to record phone conversations in this this day and age with technology. um, Old days, I think about, you know, 80s, you would have a handheld recorder. You know, you'd be recording something on tape, right? Um, Well, in in this day and age with an iPhone, uh, you pretty much could record any conversation you wanted to with uh, recording and and without their prior knowledge. And and you have to be a little wary of the legal restrictions that are that are that are part of it. Um, Even companies these days, you know, you can record something. You know. They're doing it now during like a Teams call or like what well, we're using right. right now on Zoom. You can record something. Obviously, you guys are are automatically being uh, notified this this is being recorded, and you have the option to to leave the room. And 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 it was only until like recently, within the last year or two, that Zoom and and Teams and others were were adding uh, adding that disclaimer when you would go to start a recording, and it wouldn't pop up right away. I and mean, at least on Teams, I remember it wasn't for a long period of time. So. You know when you um, but I went to stream on YouTube and when I went to record uh, this 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 uh, this show, um, it's going to tell you, hey, this is being recorded, and it gives you the option to opt out. But I think really that the 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 deal with it is the fact is just is is this ever going to be legal? And I I can't see it ever being legal per se. But how are you going to stop uh, people from recording this stuff? Well. So forgive me, I got to start off with the caveat. I'm not offering any legal advice. Um, You know, no offense. uh, We're not forming an attorney client relationship. Uh, These are my own personal thoughts in general. So, you know, you talked about the early days of the 1980s. Let's remember this started a century prior with things like the telegram. And if I remember my case law correctly, a telegram between the person who's sending it and the recipient 
the privilege came with the sender and whether or not he wanted to, you know, release the privilege of the communication between the two to the public was up to the sender. So now we have telephones and, you know, the laws sort of evolved. And now we have iPhone communication, data communications, you know, what are the laws there? And I'm sure they're going to be adapted so much to the same degree as they have been in the past. However, the federal courts or federal law basically says that, you know, it's it's a free for all. You can record all you want. It then becomes up to the individual states if they have something more restrictive. And a lot of states have at least a one party uh, requirement to consent to um you know, releasing confidentiality and also, uh, I shouldn't say releasing confidentiality, at least to record the, do, uh, the conversation. So in a sense, it really doesn't matter. But if, you, of course, you have one state that allows it, it requires just one person, another state that requires two people, and you're having an, you know, across the country uh, communication, that becomes a problem. And then on top of that, let's think about that the conversation isn't just going like me here and you're in Illinois, but also the data is going through all these data banks, you know, and servers in different states, in different countries. And then you got to rely on, well, if it went into this state, and this requires, you know, both parties consent, but this state doesn't require anyone's party's consent. And then it goes over to another country in Europe or South America or wherever, where their laws are completely different. You know, I, it causes a whole slew of problems that, you know, a, I'm sure a very expensive attorney will someday get into by from a very expensive um, or well-to-do client um, to, to contest having his or her recordings, uh, his communications recorded. But from a privacy aspect that Apple comes from, I don't ever see this really happening because okay. My concern would be is a third-party app that somehow gets in there so that a third person, not part of the conversation, is you know doing something scandalous uh, and nefarious and recording you know a conversation. Because look, look what happened with um, with the, the the celebrity pictures that from the iPhone iCloud break and how oh. people's private photos got out there uh, and embarrassed a lot of people. So I, I could see, I would see, I would think that Apple would be more restrictive on this because quite frankly, I'd also assume they don't want to be sued because somehow someone else broke into or the other person was recording without the other person's permission. And, you know, that, that sort of bothers me as a professional because if I'm interviewing initial clients or having a conversation with my client, uh, our potential clients and having a, a conversation with my client, I, I don't want to have to worry about my conversation being recorded um, because heavens forbid, I say something not quite right or a little bit inarticulate or pieces are taken and patched together to have me say something. Well, my attorney said, you know, I was going to win a million dollars and here's the recording, but it's taken it completely out of context, you know, and I get sued. You know, it's it's just a, it's a huge uphill battle to to fight. It's an expensive battle because then you get to hire experts and other attorneys. Um, I just I just see this as I, I'm going to be disappointed if Apple and its privacy uh, flag 
allows this kind of action to take place. I, I guess I don't understand why you feel, maybe I, I shouldn't say you personally, but at least the three of you, some of you feel that, you know, I want to be able to have the opportunity to record a, a phone conversation on my iPhone when I talk to another company because, hey, they're recording me. Well, you know, you, what is it you're going to be able to use that recording for? Is the average user going to take that recording and take them to court? And, you know, hire an attorney to go and, and battle it out because I got news for you. Um, your case probably relies more on, on just the, that one recording. Right. If that makes any well, sense. Well, well what's to say, you know, this day and age in social media, people using their their iPhones or any iPhone for that matter to record a video, you know, when, when, it, when an incident happens, you know, you go, someone's going to record something that happens, you know, is there is but, there any if, big difference between those two? I think there's a huge difference because if you and I are having a private conversation, you and you and I are the understanding that it's a private conversation, whether it's okay. just you and I talking, or, you know, about our lives, or if you're like, "Hey, Michael, I need to talk to an attorney." Um, I mean, how would you feel if the if I recorded every professional conversation I had with a client? The client would feel less. Uh, likely inclined to reveal some of the confidential facts that are required for me to provide a adequate and proper representation. Now, when you're saying taking a video of a car accident or an incident on the plane, you're in the public realm. That's true. You have, you have no right to privacy. So whether you're recording a, a Karen or a Ken on an airplane or a car accident in public, or doing your own personal videos for OnlyFans, you know, that's all going to be, you know. Jeff's favorite website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get rich. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, yeah, please don't tell me what your account is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's it worth to you for me to not tell you? <laughs> This is this is actually how I'll make money off OnlyFans. The more you pay me, the less likely it is that you will find out what my what my URL is. Oh, so you're an anti-content creator. Okay. Um, it's a new model. Uh, it's a new model. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I was thinking about this earlier. The thing is, if you don't want somebody to know something, and basically, you don't want the world to know something. Three simple rules. One, don't say it. Don't say mm -hmm. it out loud. Okay. Two, don't write it down. Whether it's in a journal, a letter, a memo, don't write it down. Email. Or three, <laughs> email. Don't send Text. an email going, oh, yeah, of course I sexually harassed uh, whoever. And believe it or not, there are a lot of stupid people that do stuff like that. You know, hey... You know, I sexually harassed this person at work or I discriminated against this person because of whatever. They put that in emails. And so when you get that smoking gun, fantastic. Um, does it come in handy when you get an audio recording like we're hearing from um, some of the Republicans uh, regarding the, the uh, January 6th attack? Yeah. And first of all, they're. They're stupid 
moment was to actually have that conversation. Right. And if they hadn't had that conversation, whether it's over the phone or in person or, you know, by webinar, it couldn't have been recorded. So if you're going to be stupid, you're going to be stupid and you're going to get caught. Um, now, as to the legalities, as to like those recordings that we've heard, which I believe were done by phone, right. that's that's another interesting aspect. And that will be, it'll be see, interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, try not to get too much into politics, but this is a really good point of, right. you know, recording and not recording phone calls. That was I, yeah. forgive me, forgive me, was I clear? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, you have comments, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, okay, so Michael, now, now we get into the part where uh, apparently I'm just interviewing you. Um, so I find this whole topic incredibly fascinating. And, uh, uh, and I live in a state where you have mm -hmm. single party consent and mm -hmm. you don't have to give the other person notice of the consent. And I'm certain the way it's set up that way is because it makes it a lot easier for law enforcement to record calls that they don't want people to know or be recorded in the moment. Um, so anyhow, um, I look at this and I see we have a, a legal aspect of, uh, right. of recording and then we have the ethical aspect. So, um, I mean, ethically, if you're living in a place where legally, uh, like Colorado, where you can record something and you don't have to tell anyone you're doing it, mm -hmm. I mean, should you still do that? I think that the, uh, the other party should really be questioning who they're talking to to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I want to take I want to say something you said one step back. You know, you talked about for, for law enforcement. I was doing some research and I came across a case from uh, actually, I think the 1940s, where law enforcement didn't get a warrant for a wiretap. Instead, what they did is they listened in on an extension. And the question oh, like became, a party line thing. Well, a party line, right. And I believe the court said, no, this is wrong and the conviction is tossed because it wasn't done right. Um, <laughs> so, but that's, that's slightly off traffic, uh, a topic of that's what still we're talking interesting. about today. Yes. Yeah. I, it relates to this. I mean, cause perfectly, I started delving into this. I'm like, I could write a huge paper on uh, wiretapping and recording calls, but the problem is people hire attorneys because quite frankly, the other person, at least the clients I get used to get or get sometimes, because the other person or the other party wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. I'm trying to be ethical. I, I always think I'm ethical, but you're dealing with other parties who, quite frankly, aren't. And those are the ones that I'm worried about. I'm not worried mm -hmm. about you or David, maybe Warren, uh, recording my <laughs> calls. <laughs> yeah. But... But I don't blame you. you know, there, there's going to be someone nefarious that's going to be recording a call that they shouldn't be. And then, you know, and then the problem is going to come back and bite you. I mean, we could talk about the whole Johnny Depp, um, oh, Amber God. Heard divorce proceedings yeah. and all the recordings not. <laughs> and the bits and the pieces. And what I, I don't want to get into it, uh, but, you know, 
there's at least one party there who, you know, isn't playing kosher and doesn't have the ethics. And the problem is we, we live in a world where people are ethical. I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying, and the problem is the people who are ethical or who try to do right, they're the ones that usually get screwed over. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm worried about, the ability of recording calls through your phone. Yes, there are workarounds. Yes, there are means. But when you have to do those workarounds, that really goes to show the intent of the party trying to make the recording. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, they are trying to do something uh, nefarious. But if you can do it in such a way that it's just automatic, oh, your honor, I, I just made a mistake. Uh, I, I flipped the wrong button. I didn't mean to record this, but look what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I, I just don't like, and then of course, you know, what about, um, and forgive me, Jeff, if I'm going a little uh, either long tooth or off topic. Um, but, you know, with the whole work from home uh, environment we're in because of COVID and now it's becoming somewhat hybrid. Do you want your employers who provide you with your technology to be able to be constantly recording your calls and interactions? And if I have to call my wife and talk about something sensitive. Or, you know, to be blunt, if I talked to my wife and had something a little too inappropriate for work, do I want my office to be recording this kind of stuff? Well, stop there. Stop there, because that was my question real fast, because doesn't the doesn't the employer have a right to record? Does an employer have a right to record your conversations? Because I know mine is because I do customer service work and they tell me they do sometimes where they can listen to it. You know, that's funny because I've seen cases where technically that's not allowed. And remember, they're not recording you because they're monitoring you personally. They're recording you because they want to, quote unquote, provide quality uh, assurance. Right. So yeah, it's a it's a horse hockey workaround. Um, But when I call from my research, basically, there is a law that says that your uh, employer cannot record you. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen because it does. And actually there was a law firm, I want to say in Chicago, mm. uh, that got in trouble because they were, they were obsessed with recording all the actions of what their employees were doing. But I think, I mean, as far as I know, they, uh, they, they're pretty open about it and they do it, but I mean, in your example with the, you know, personal phone calls, don't use a company. Don't use a company equipment to, to call your wife. I mean, that's what I would right. say if I was an employer. Right, but, but sometimes there's a right. But remember, you know, going back to the '80s for David, um, I uh, when I was a teenager, I remember my my family. We knew the president of a construction company out east, and one of his biggest complaints was. You know why are the why are my person my employees using their work phones to make personal calls? And you know sometimes it's just you know back in the eighties because we didn't have cell phones or it would have been less productive to have that person run down out the door on the street and use a payphone because mm-hmm. it was more of a convenience. Right. And again, I, sometimes I mean- it's simply sometimes it's just simply the convenience of I'm not paying attention. 
or if I'm on a company equipment, whether I'm home or in mm-hmm. office, I will make mm-hmm. the assumption in my mind that I there's a possibility of them recording yeah. what's going on here, especially with you know we got you know Cisco phones nowadays, and then we got you know voice over IP and all the good right. stuff, and I you know I don't I work in IT and right. I haven't come across like that. You know, I haven't come across like anybody coming to me and say, you know, can we listen to these phone calls? But I'm sure you could, and I'm sure it's out there. Sure. But let's let's flip this for just a second. What about places where you have to bring your own device? And in order to use your device, you have to use a certain set of uh, software applications on your phone that because you click accept and you don't read through that whole, you know, 10 pages and 12 point or you know, six point font of all the little requirements and waivers that you're provided, which includes their ability to record on your personal phone in order to use their software. And they're recording everything because you gave up that right somewhat unknowingly. I mean, Dave and I will probably know that, you know, the profiles and uh, MDM and Jamf, as far as I know, it kind of tells you, it spells out to you what the phone is doing when you oh absolutely when you, when you, you can see up, Dave you're muted but is that right or not yeah that is right I mean yeah. you, you go yeah. into Jamf and you can see what activity is going on whether it's being an iOS device or a Mac but I mean, the users it, but the users I, even when you install it it actually will say when you install the profile like from uh from uh, like the, uh, for a company a lot of times it says if you even go to a profile and go into this you know the, the details it tells you what it's doing yeah could could they I guess, but I mean, again, I'm working, you know, I, you know, I have, I have a work laptop now. I have a you know, Cisco phone. I got the whole setup now, you right. know, uh, that's, 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 that's work. And I'm not touching that right. uh, in, right. in personal situations. Makes sense. So uh, let's but, just, uh, this is a, was a fascinating conversation. I want, I just want to just wrap things up. Cause I want, there's one more topic we oh, want to get to. I wanted to talk about fruit of the poisonous but, tree. Go ahead. You could. What? You'll get the last word, Jeff. The tree. Yeah. What? Okay. Okay. So let's say we have a situation, and, and this is totally hypothetical, of course. Say we have a situation, you know, like January sixth investigations, where okay. people are probably recording stuff that that they're that's going on in their conversations, unbeknownst to other people, and I believe that's in an area where you need two party consent and and all that. And then they find out, holy crap, I have this recording of this person saying, uh, you know, detailing exactly what they're going to do as part of this, uh, this, this coup, this insurrection. And uh, I just need to give this to the police. And, uh, and they do. But they violated the law by making the recording because they didn't tell the other person and get mutual consent. I, I think there is an exception there. Because they're not an agent of the state at that point, right? Well, they're not an agent of the state, but they are reporting a crime. So if you and I are having a conversation, just as two normal people, not attorneys, uh, and you're like, hey, you know something? I'm going to go kill that guy in an hour. You know, basically, I report that to the police. You know, the cops are not going to come after me and go, oh, you recorded that call or kind of thing. Or even with attorneys... Even with attorneys, like if, if if I was an attorney and you called me and you were saying, hey, I'm going to kill that guy literally right now, and I called the cops, I'm not breaking privilege. 
So there are exceptions, and I'm pretty sure, I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure there is an exception that you're not breaching some sort of um, law by revealing a, you know, a privileged conversation, you know, whether it's by an attorney and a non-attorney or just simply two people like you and I talking. So yeah, I told you on Tuesday we could tie this all to the free speech uh, issue. <laughs> tie it all together about what you could, basically what you could say, what you can't say, where you can say it, and where you can't say it. And basically that's what we're no, don't even. No. Warren, Warren, <laughs> wait, 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 Warren. Trust me, I can, I can, I think I can simply wrap this that up in in one sentence. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Free speech is not completely free. Remember, you cannot scream fire in a crowded theater. <laughs> That's what I said on Tuesday. And somebody said that was yeah. oh. I said that Tuesday and somebody said that they thought that that was taken out of context. But there are definitely things that I read uh, when we after the show. I was curious. There are things you cannot say for there's free. There's a list of five or six things that you can't do. And some of it's. Um, you know, you, you know, a lot of it is you know uh, threatening the president is is one of them, but there's like five or six of them, like that. Uh, right. I did not see the the fire one, but there's a few of them. There's definitely exceptions of free speech. There's six. Well, you know, you, you know, there's a, there's a difference between uh, you know killing the president versus wishing the president was dead. Right. So, and then oh, we talked right. and then we talked about that too on Tuesday, which was intention versus nudge nudge kind of thing, which was a whole January sixth thing. Did you know Trump and yeah. his family yeah. say, let's go, you know, storm the Capitol? Or hey, hey, right. wouldn't it be a good idea maybe if somebody, you know, did something like kind of like that? And that's what they're trying to do now is to trying to figure right. out whether this wink, was wink. right, whether this was like how how much intention was in those messages coming back and forth between the family uh and and to the public and and to the right wings that went out there and again you know that that's a whole thing of free speech and uh, you know it does yeah, tie together with the phones and everything like that but yeah let's go ahead uh, let's go ahead and uh end that at that point here i know it was a good conversation we could go on for another 40 minutes here talking about this topic but i think it was a Only fascinating 40. subject yeah, maybe maybe an hour. Uh, that was a fascinating uh, subject, but I, there is one more topic I wanted to get in this week, uh, and that was the fact that Apple released um, their repair program. Um, as we all know, as most of us know, we talked about this in previous shows that Apple announced they were going to have a new Apple uh, repair program, self-service repair program for the iPhone, and they're going to have it for the iPad and, and for the Mac and for all, it seems like many of their products. Um I have a link in show notes here about the, with, uh, their press release. And uh, as as they announced, as this actually was announced yesterday as we record, uh, that uh, it's going to be available in the U.S. and it'll expand to other countries uh, beginning in, in Europe later this year. Uh, we'll have 200 individual parts and tools enabling uh, customers to, uh, to experience the complexities of repairing electronic devices. So they're going to include the iPhone 12, the iPhone 13. They're going to have the iPhone SE third generation. And you're going to be able to replace things like the display, the battery, and the camera. Um, so th- they have a site. You just go to support.apple.com slash self-service repair. Links in their show notes. And you'll be able to go there. Um, one of the unique things I found here was this massive kit 
that they're going to be sending out to fix your iPhone here. Uh, this this kit's actually going to be for uh, pulling the display off and putting it back on again. And I'm not sure. I, I guess it's a rental. You pay forty nine bucks rent rent this uh, you could this rent device. It. There's an option. Yeah. yeah, you could probably buy it, but I can't imagine it being very cheap. No, uh, it, yeah. It's it it's uh it it includes a battery and display press, protective covers, and screwdrivers. So, uh, and also you, you actually can go and there's places you, I've got a link here as well on how you can go to download these manuals, um, and take a look at them yourselves and just kind of read through them. Um, so, uh, Warren, you, you being, uh, being the IT guy and like to tinker with things, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think, I think this is a great thing that Apple's doing, uh, but it's not going to be for everybody. Maybe in my younger days, I could barely see the uh, the monitor at this point. So yeah. seeing tiny, uh, you know, ribbon cables and and all that is not doesn't sound exciting for me. But I, I guess yeah. my only point is, if you, you know, how much of it is actually fixing on your own? You know, at, at that point, right? Like, if Apple, if this machine was literally, it might, you know, it might be for all I know. But if this machine was literally like. Almost like the Belkin screen box that they have at uh, the Apple stores where you stick this yeah. thing in the machine and you go whoo, whoo, like a credit card machine and the, the screen comes off in a nice way. And then you put the new screen right on top and go whoo, whoo, and now it's back. I mean, that's <laughs> You're good at that. <laughs> that's I mean, that's. Close. I mean, is that a, is that are you are you actually repairing it at, at that point? What are you doing at that point? Are you repairing your own device or are you like buying this like machine? from right. apple or renting this machine from apple that does kind of most of the work um i mean if you don't this thing that you're renting or possibly buying has to be worth something because you could there there, there was ways to take iphones apart and there still is now without this machine so and, mm-hmm. and, and to work on it so I'm, i'd be curious to see what this machine does other than I don't know. What does it do? Did anybody look in it? Well, it's it's doing the the, the display and pulling the case apart. Um, so it, that that's really what it's doing. Okay, um, so you're putting in there is basically taking. So, you know, I haven't taken apart a phone for since like the ten or eleven. Maybe. Oh yeah, but, it's been a while for me. But yep. there's, I mean, there used to be right screws somewhere like. Um, there used to be somehow you got those screws by prying off the the cover. Maybe it was one with a home button. It's been a while. So, but I mean, again, the point is there there was ways to take this thing apart before this machine existed. So I'm curious of what you're doing, and I'm curious of how much you know it really is appeasing the right to repair people. Uh, probably the manuals, I would guess, more so than this machine, I guess, or this box is is something that they're interested in and happy about. Yeah. And well, it, also yeah, yeah. The, it also depends if it's manual. If you looked at it, can you do? Can, do you need the machine to follow along, uh, like with the phone, or can you do it without the machine? Yeah. But right now, this is just the iPhone. Um, go ahead if you have, if you have a thought, Michael. I, I, I have a, I have a question. So, if you use this kit from Apple, does it, does this still keep your phone under warranty? No, this or, is for out of warranty. This is for repairs. out of warranty work. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then I, I don't know. know. Wait, Someone, for iPhone 13s. So all, it's 12, 13s, and NSE. Yeah, but there's no 13 that's not out of warranty. Yeah, it's compatible with that. 
but with it under warranty, there's no point in doing this yourself. Right. Sure it yeah, is. If you point. don't have if you don't have Apple Care. But if the screen's right. cracked, maybe you don't have Apple Care. There is another reason. Yeah, the screen's cracked. That's probably one of it because you have to pay for that. Yeah. Or, or the back or any, you know, whatever. Right. If you break, if you right. drop your phone, that's that's yeah, it's for any phone, right? But quite frankly, if you're going to spend, Paul, if you're going to spend fifty dollars on a kit, and then on top of that, you got to spend the time. And quite frankly, I, I think the parts, the four, and the parts, and the parts. And the four of us, I think, a little bit more savvy, we could probably quote unquote figure it out. However, I don't think the average user is going to want to go. I got to get this kit. I got to figure this out and not do it all correctly. Um, when they could just go to some repair shop, and even if it's since it's not going to be done under warranty, who cares? But they have posted the article about the comparison between on the thirteen between yeah, yourself and then or how much the- it would cost. There's a comparison to what's going to be with going bringing it to a genius bar or you know third party uh, authorized I'm assuming repairs. The, the cost is pretty similar. It's it, they said it's slight. It's a slightly lower 20, cost, and it's bucks. mostly the fact that it, it's going to be somebody who wants to who wants to tinker, who wants to take the time to do this. So well, this is not going to be for most people. I think is but, really what but, it is. But if you're doing. I don't want to say a shop, but if you have a side gig or something like that and have well, people bring your phone to you, will this, I mean. No, there's, so, there's that well, one, that's the one disclaimer. You have to put in the IMEI number and you have to put the serial number in. And that's the only way you're going to be able to get the parts. And then you have to send the parts back that came from that particular device because they know that was part of that, uh, that particular device. So they're not going to. Allow a, a like a repair shop, let's say, to get on this site and start ordering parts willy nilly. Well, but I agree with Warren. I, I think it's Apple's response to get ahead of the right to repair and by showing oh, the public that this is a pain in the butt, and you know it's just not as easy as you think. And there's a lot of costs and parts involved. That I think the uh, I think Apple's trying to get ahead of the governments that are considering possibly regulating them because of a right to repair issue. Absolutely. Trying to break down that monopoly. Mm-hmm. They're laughing now. You're saying, they're saying you think this is hard way until we re- uh, release a thing yeah, for the we, M1 we, we, Mac. You, just <laughs> yeah, pull down the manuals. You, you can actually, any, if you want to have some light reading, they do have the manuals available to anybody. So you, you can just get those for free. You can just download the manuals if you it's really want to look. But just for the phones. For, yeah. Right now it's just iPhone. They're going to, they're looking to expand later uh, with this, but uh, they're gonna it's sell, great to see. They're going to sell a kit for the, uh, the M1 MacBook Pro, uh, like a box that comes out. It's going to be like yeah. five it's times the size another of another M1 MacBook Pro. Put the old one in and send it back. <laughs> yeah. No, it's gonna exactly. Be, it's going to be like a big chess machine that they ship you. They, they come in with like yeah. the FedEx freight guys. And then you put your M1 MacBook Pro in there and you close it and you go, you come out and everything's replaced. Screen off. But, um, I, I did link in the, in the show notes some great articles on on this on this topic. Specific, and also, I fix it. Uh, put, had their say on it, and they're saying there, there there's a caveat in there as well. But you know, on guarantee, I fix it. Is very happy to see that this is this is happening. You know, that, that you have that right to repair uh, because you have the right to buy the parts and and from from I fix it if you so wish too, and other resellers. So. It's uh, it's definitely going to be a good thing. So, any other? Did you have anything else, so Jeff, or any other other buddy to, before we go ahead and wrap up here? I can't imagine I'm ever going to do this. I mean, I replaced no, the back camera uh, glass on an iPhone 10, and I finished that, and I was like, "This was a simple repair." 
And I never want to do this again. Mm-hmm. It's too. It's a lot of work. It's oh my god! It's ridiculous how much yeah. work goes into just popping off the old glass and putting a new. You know, it's just a little yeah. lozenge piece. But oh. you, you get like this yeah. drunk confidence before you start, and then it's <laughs> like right. I was. I was like that with my. Uh, I tried to replace a. I tried to put a SSD drive in a uh, Mac uh, iMac, an older iMac. And I'm like, yeah, it is easy. Yeah. And I remember when you cracked the screen. No, I didn't crack the screen. I broke the cable. I broke the ribbon oh, cable. The, the ribbon cable. Not the cable itself, but the connector on the motherboard snapped off. So it was done. Yeah, it, it was sound like <sighs> yeah. no more. No more. I came home 20 years ago and I was a little tipsy. And I ended up installing some RAM and a hard drive in my <laughs> laptop. It wasn't, it wasn't an Apple at the time. Um, yeah, we all because do. I'm like, why not? You know, yeah, right. Right. When, when you after drinking, after yeah, drinking, is, I mean, who <laughs> hasn't right. done a this drunk what, upgrade? Uh, this, this is, is drunk what upgrades. Nerds, yeah. This is what nerds do. I mean, the, yeah. you know, okay. when when when, when <laughs> I, no, it's fine. I like, thought when, I was special. When when no. You, no no, you're talking to the right group. But uh, we you know we we might yeah. do it tonight when we're done with the show. Yeah, I do miss. I do miss the ability to put in my own extra RAM or replace the hard drive on my Macs. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's going that way with uh, not just Apple everywhere. So, I don't miss Bill, it. it's. I think we had some absolutely fascinating conversations this week. This was a great, uh, great show. But let's uh, go ahead and uh, t- t- wrap it up for this week. That's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. Support the show. Buy me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We'll be, we'd really appreciate it. You also can become, become a Patreon. We're, uh, we're now uh, doing Patreon at Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. The link is in the show notes. As well as you can make sure that you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights, usually at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you let, 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 make, make sure you go to that link, which is youtube.com slash DaveG65. I'm also on uh, visiting uh, the InTouch with, in with iOS magazine on uh, Flipboard, where many of the topics we discussed are going to be flipped into that magazine. Go ahead and check that out. The link is also in the show notes. You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am your host, Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. And Michael DJ Eisenberg, thank you so much for being here. Please let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me at the techsavvyleary.page uh, and also listen to me at the techsavvyleary.page podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Lipson and Apple, um, forgive me, Apple iTunes podcasts. Great. Thanks again for being here. Really appreciate it. It was great. Great to have you. Thank, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Please have me back. Yes, absolutely. And then Jeff Gamet, as always, a thrill always having you here. Let everybody know, and I didn't forget you this time. Where <laughs> <laughs> can everybody find you? Uh, well, first, thanks as always for letting me come back. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, jgamut on both, youtube.com slash jgamut for my videos. And uh, Tuesdays, even though you might have forgotten, I'm, and I'm just, I, okay. I say that with love. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know. I know you uh, Tuesdays, Mac Voices Live. 
um, Thursday uh, around lunchtime on the big show, Friday mornings on the Mac show, and then, of course, Thursday evenings, every time Dave lets me come back um, on uh, In Touch With iOS. Oh, and Brian Chaffin and I have teamed up for The Context Machine, so we're doing a show together. That's a great show. Uh, thank you so much. And Warren Sklar, as always, thanks for being here. Where can people find you? We don't worry about that. Mike, it was fun. It was uh, good to meet you. And um, yeah, Mike, bye, sir. To, yeah, look forward to talking to you again in future uh, shows. Thank Still you. tell people where you, where you, where you find you on Facebook. doesn't matter. Facebook, the Magic Mac to the Future uh, web uh, page, which is uh, just a uh, low sometimes today was a little wacky i'm trying to figure that out yeah, i, I did see a few wacky things posted this morning <laughs> it's not, it's, we have some members who evidently you know get drunk and post but you know i guess i guess that happens uh yeah. they should be they should be up to upgrading their ram and their hard drives like everybody else <laughs> well Thanks again, Warren. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll talk again soon.